What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brews and Belters podcast, where we talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. Um, I'm Keegan. Tonight, I'm sipping on an Immortal Soul Imperial West Coast Style IPA. 8.2%. It's pretty good. I just finished one. I'm going to crack another, actually. Um, and this is canned and brewed by Eagle Park Brewing, which we have highlighted before. Uh, that's here local in Wisconsin. We are going to start using the Untapped app. We have uh, Brews and Belters podcast. You can follow us on there. We're going to start rating the beers on there. Toby, I would give this, it's like a pretty citrusy, um, it's like brewed with citra and mosaic cryo hops. So it's pretty citrusy. It's it's kind of um, a little maybe too citrusy for me. It's good and it's it, 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 it tastes pretty solid, but um, and I love the 8.2%. But um, I don't love it. I like it. I don't love it. I'd probably give it a two and a half to a three out of five. What about you? What you sipping on tonight? I like that rating. Uh, <clears throat> tonight, Keegs, I have a – I've never actually had this. So we had some people over for a New Year's Eve pre-party. And I love having people over. It's fun to entertain. Everyone leaves at least half to two-thirds of their beer that they brought with them with me. Um, that's actually one of the things that I want to change is that I want people to bring better beer over. Um, but one of my buddies brought over a beer to have, and then he was going to leave some of it with us, um, for me to try. And I wanted to keep it to tonight and I'm happy I did. Uh, it is his cousin's brewery. I'm pretty sure it's his brewery or like he's one of the, he's one of the brewmasters or he works there somehow, but, uh, it is a Zynga beer which is a deliciously drinkable golden ale brewed with zesty ginger and sweet wildflower honey. So that's right up my alley. I like green tea with ginger and honey. So sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, proudly brought to you by Montgomery County, Maryland, which is located in between DC and Baltimore. Okay. And it is uh, the first black owned beer brand. Uh, and it's nice. called Black Viking Brewing. Uh, I lo- absolutely love the cans that they have. They're just normal aluminum cans, but they have like a matte black wrap and then a kind of a golden print on it. But their logo is a Viking and the beard of the Viking is a hop. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. yeah Toby, kinda, you're showing me right now. It looks super kind of hard. And I already cracked it open, had my first system about halfway through it. And I mean, I'm putting this just flavor profile alone at like a 4.7 this is one of the better wow. beers we've had on the podcast will you uh will you do me a favor and will you post a photo of the can yes yes the, i will on the twitter yeah thank yeah you. no definitely um yeah this definitely does not suck uh thank you everyone <laughs> everyone for listening po- uh coming in this nice podcast don't even know what episode it is keeg's Oh yeah, this is this is season three episode 25 um yeah yeah i forgot to mention that but I'm yeah. trying to mix up the intro a little bit. I feel like I introduce myself every time. Oh, no, you're probably not necessary, but yeah, we, we move. Yeah. Uh, this beer does not suck for episode, what'd you say? 80, whatever. Um, yeah. Episode 25 of this season um, does not suck. Uh, I took on some Christmas lights that did suck. My Tottenham Hotspur suck. Your Liverpool sucks. <laughs> a lot of suck going around. So yeah. Yeah, 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 it's kind yeah, of it's, where we're at. It's not great. We're gonna get to some Liverpool and Tottenham venting, but um, we gotta we gotta address the USMNT drama that occurred today. Obviously, the Gio Reyna situation was a big thing during the World Cup. 
Um, you know, it was it was noted that there was a player who had some disciplinary issues, apologized to the team, et cetera. Um, and we thought he was done from there. Everyone kind of had a hint that it was it was most likely Gio Reyna, as he wasn't really getting any playing time. And uh, shit kind of hit the fan today. Claudio and uh, Danielle Reyna were were well. I guess yesterday it was leaked that there were there were sources who had like quote unquote dirt on on Greg Berhalter. Um, came out today that it was actually Claudio and Danielle Reyna, the parents of Gio Reyna, lifelong friends of um, Greg Berhalter, actually. Uh, Claudio and Greg played together for the USMNT. They actually grew up playing together in youth and high school soccer. Um, Rosaline Berhalter and Danielle Reyna um, played together at the University of North Carolina. So, so it sounds like they're close. Yeah, a lot of history between the two families. Um, Rosaline Berhalter is, is Greg's wife. Danielle Reyna is Gio Reyna's mom, um, Claudio's wife. So anyway... During the issues throughout the beginning of the World Cup um, with, with Geo's disciplinary issues, a, a, apparently this is coming from a, a report um, where, where Danielle Reyna spoke, and she, um, she mentioned that she met with the U.S. Soccer Sporting Director, Ernie Stewart, regarding the issues, and she said she was outraged and devastated that Geo had been put in such a terrible position and in part of that conversation, she told Stewart it was especially unfair that after Gio's apology, he was still, quote, being dragged through the mud when Greg had asked for and received forgiveness for doing something so much worse at the same age. Uh, so what she's referring to, Bearhalter addressed via Twitter, a statement on Twitter, um, that in their younger years, um, Greg and his wife, now wife Rosalind at the time, girlfriend, had an altercation outside of a bar um, that got a little bit heated. And Greg, I think he used the the term that he that he kicked or like um, like tripped, like physically, you know, like attacked. In other words, um, his then girlfriend, now wife, Rosalind Bearhalter. So obviously not a good look. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. It's it's a wild scenario. Obviously, they're they're married now. Years later. Um, Bear Halter went into details just regarding kind of like his humiliation at the time, his regret. Um, they separated for a bit. He sought out counseling um, and thought, you know, that that was the end of the relationship. Um, you know, went through some some life changes. All this, obviously, according to his post, I, I, I'm, I'm just speaking, referencing the post. Obviously, I don't know what what actually took place, but um several months later apparently she called and, and asked to speak to him and they worked through things and again now they're married um so just a, a weird situation here is, is is what it boils down to um again you know none of us were there for the altercation who knows what happened there um there will be several opinions and, and thoughts regarding you know burhalter's behavior at the time when he was 18 but really the the thing that stands out to me in a, a big um, talking point, I guess, on Twitter and everything is like Gio Reyna not getting playing time, dealing with with disciplinary issues, and then his parents going to the U.S. Soccer Federation and 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 the sporting director and like dangling this rotten carrot over you know in front of him, like, hey, we've got dirt on Burhalter. 
why isn't he playing our son is it, just some something that again has, has been a po- talking point on Twitter that that kind of sums up youth soccer and I would even go as far as saying as someone who played baseball and basketball all growing up and didn't really play soccer till later I would say that's all youth sports is where you just have shit parents who are like hey you're not playing my kid so I'm gonna be a piece of shit in return and again bear halter like not excusing his actions but it feels super shitty from the reinas yeah um, that's i think that's who honestly yeah, that's who's taking uh in my opinion the that they look the worst of the situation which sucks because Gio reina is the main person that was involved in this entire situation and right. and i mean he's just like a bystander to all this you know yeah, that that's definitely the worst part of it is like, hey, this kid's parents are are taking it on their behalf to like do some sleazy schemey shit that is going to affect the kid. Like, if I'm a manager, if if I'm the US Soccer Federation, I want nothing to do with his family as a whole. I want nothing to do with Reina. If I'm his teammate, I'm like, yo, fuck this kid, fuck his parents. I don't want anything to do with them in my locker room which is unfair to, to Gio because assuming, you know, there's, there hasn't been anything said that he's done anything wrong, but you imagine it will bring that weight and it will bring that baggage of everyone just being like, yo, I don't want anything to do with you because of the actions of his parents. Yeah. And I'm hoping it doesn't go that far. You know I mean? It already has gone pretty far. I'm hoping it doesn't go any further uh, just for the simple fact that, I mean, Gio Reyna, in my opinion, was, arguably one of the best players in the world for USA. And he is, if not now, he's going to be in like the next two to four years. Like he, his win, his ceiling is way higher than everyone else's. His like windows way further out than everyone else's with how young he is. Like he's a legit good talent. It blew my mind. He wasn't playing. And I still don't, none of this, none of this answers questions as to why Gio Reyna was not playing. Like what does answer some of the questions is the, the stuff that came out a couple weeks ago about how he has some disciplinary actions. Mm-hmm. Do I, what we're talking about is Mickey mouse high school shit. Like that's what this is. It, this happens everywhere, everywhere. You have parents bitch about things. I don't know why it made that big of a deal. I think people are just trying to throw dirt on it, especially with the fact that as of January 1st, Greg Berhalter was out of contract. So at in essence, us USMNT did not have a head coach. Like they're in the process of finding one or they have to renew a contract. And in the process of doing all of this, they have named someone else to take over their January camp uh, because I mean, it's a, it's not a huge summer, but it will be next summer when they go to Copa America, which is another big thing. We need to talk about how Mexico, I want to say Mexico, Canada, and the U S were all three invited and maybe one or two other CONCACAF nation teams were invited to play in the central American South American tournament uh for the tournament of the americas which has brazil argentina it's it's in essence our our hemispheres euros right yeah you know but i love the consolidation of that i I think that'll make it so much more competitive and more uh, enjoyable to watch and i mean even whether it's played in the u.s or not i mean that doesn't i mean we're getting off topic but whether it's played in the u.s or not doesn't really matter to me um but I mean, I do think there's a lot more money to be made as well, which I think FIFA and everyone else is going to want to put their fingers in. So I, I think this is a a done deal. Like it's done. Uh, but as for, you know, not to hammer too much more into this topic, but it's like, dude, like what is going on 
Like, why, why is everyone getting so petty? Like, is this some stuff where like these two like had it out for each other as twenty year olds, and now they're taking it out on each other as fifty year olds? Like, that's yeah, that that that's another thing that you wonder, which is completely irrelevant to obviously football and and the USMNT and everything. But you know that that is another thing, just another talking point that branches off from this. And really, I mean, the the thing for me is one, just a shitty thing to to kind of come forward with, I guess in you know if 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 you want to bring that up as as like hey this guy has a case of of domestic violence in the past like if 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 you're doing that from from like a genuine point of concern or something i can understand but if you're doing it out of sheer pettiness and spite you're bringing up like this is what kind of set me off like you're bringing up trauma and like and dragging rosalind burhalter's name kind of through the mud and bringing bringing up obviously traumatic and, and terrible memories for from her from you know decades ago yeah um and that's what kind of set me off is like you're doing that out of sheer pettiness and spite for your child um which to me was was the shittiest part of this whole thing you know football side yeah. so um yeah sorry to start the podcast on 10 to 12 minutes of of negativity but uh we'll get into Dude, some more was, negativity of bitching about our clubs that was an absolute book report you just gave us on that though that was yeah. amazing that was, yeah i mean it all kind of blew up words. today I, I didn't get a whole lot done at work today because of all that but um <laughs> yeah no it's just kind of a dumpster fire right now with the usmnt but uh yeah some I'm, I'm sure there will be much more to come out and you know, obviously the, the direction that they go from here. Um, to add on to that, Claudio uh, Reyna is the sporting director at Austin FC. So again, like this dude, if, if anyone at Austin FC is in the right mind whatsoever, they should completely distance themselves from him, in, in my opinion. I don't want somebody who's doing shit like this to, to be running – my organization so yeah. um you know i mean he's basically put his career in jeopardy over this you know over over his 19 year old not getting playing time in his first world cup which again, I, do, I, I, yeah, yeah they do crazy shit man they do like it, i don't think 19 matters if it's 19 if he's 13 i don't think that right. matters like a parent's yeah. a parent like yeah yeah so yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to uh, to your Tottenham Hotspurs and 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 uh, my Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, let's do the the least amount of suck, which your team <laughs> seemed to suck a little bit more than mine as of yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, you guys redeemed yourselves. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had, we redeemed ourselves so much that I guess the away supporters Tottenham today at Crystal Palace, where they took a four zero victory. Uh, the Tottenham supporters chanted, "We've gone one zero up." Uh, what did I say? How shit must you be? Is what they were chanting. We went 1-0 up. How shit must you be? Because Tottenham had not scored the first goal in 10 consecutive matches. 10 consecutive. That is wow. across not just Premier League, but I'm talking Champions League and whatever other tournaments they might have been in. Um, yeah, that's that's not good. That's not good defense. And that's their main problem, in my opinion, the defense. And then World Cup injury to Rodrigo Bentancor uh, for Ecuador caused a, I which I thought 
wasn't that big of a deal, but it caused a huge deal. Like their midfield looks so soft. There's no control in the middle. There's no control in the outside wings. The wings can't cross balls. Who knows what the right side has been a revolving door all season for us. The yeah. left side is when Perisic is healthy and fit. Then he plays, dude, that dude's a machine. He played every single minute for, uh, for his uh, country. And then he also has put, instantly came back in and has played every single minute for Tottenham. Like, what's what's the deal with Jed Spence right now? Because he was one of my sexiest signings, and we haven't seen him feature much. And I understand Perisic on the left side, but like you said, the right side's been a little bit of a revolving door. I know Doherty scored today against Palace. Um, but do you think Spence could play on the right side? Do you know? Do you have any intel from? hotspur twitter or or any other areas of the dark web which you roam everyone wants that everyone does we all think we all think that he's like our up and coming dude i want you guys to suffer and i want that yeah exactly and so there's that there's emerson royal which i actually think he could be a good player not at tottenham i mean you put him in syria i think he would crush at most yeah. teams in syria yeah. uh he's pretty good Doherty, is okay. He had a goal today. He's wishwashy. He's a good substitute. He's not a starter. So I don't know what's up with Jed Spence besides for the fact that Conte's kind of always been an I don't play younger player person, although he did play a few today. Um, that would be my thing. Uh, I wanted to apologize at the beginning of the podcast, but I forgot to about the fact that we had not had an episode in the last like 10 days or so. And that is mainly because I become a crackhead when it comes to the uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. I just got a <laughs> Nintendo Switch, and so I unpacked right off the back. I told him I like Tottenham, you know, so like Tottenham yeah. is like my theme or whatever. Yeah. But I unpacked at Jed Spence. Nice, and he's. Nice. I I'm starting to like grow a team of pretty much a few Tottenham guys, mostly Napoli guys, and then like a few Beautiful. randos everywhere. But Jed Spence is like my dude. I just hammer him with stats. Like you know, what's hilarious is. I have played Ultimate Team for probably six or seven years. And for the last two years that we've been doing this pod, I've been waiting to talk Ultimate Team with you. <laughs> I've designed like Ultimate I, Team cards and put them on our social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would be fine actually having an entire episode of yeah. that. Like maybe yeah. we'll have to incorporate a section in. And it's funny yeah. because now that you've started playing, I haven't I haven't touched FIFA in probably three or four months. Yeah. So I'll I'll have to get back on it. I, I got a decent squad. I'll I'll shoot it over to you. You should. Yeah. So yeah. I have Jed Spence on my right wing back, and I don't know why he's not playing. I really don't. Um yeah. <clears throat> but that was actually today specifically against Crystal Palace. That was one of their better suits. Like the wings are playing decent. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Tottenham is Tottenham, and the whole first half was a shit show. The last couple games, so they had a 2-2 comeback against Brentford to kick off uh, Boxing Day. Uh, that's a, the Hinefeld rib tradition. Uh, they were 2-0 down and came back to get 2-0, and they actually were looking like they were going to get that third winning goal. But for them to have to come back, and then they play against uh, Aston Villa, instantly go down 1-0, and then they're down 2-0, and that's how, they, that's how they finish. No creativity at all whatsoever, nothing up the middle. Um no expression boring you there's no way for them to break the opponent's defensive line like no way to break through that line unless it's pretty much a central back 
putting a long ball and just running onto it. Like there's just not enough creativity in the midfield at the moment. And Tottenham's really suffering from all that. I kind of talked to you about some things I want to see coming in this January, a, a central attacking midfielder, or at least a creative midfielder would be amazing. Um, I do think that having some injuries and whatnot, uh, that's another thing with Liverpool as well. Tottenham and Liverpool have had quite a few injuries. Like, I know you can't really make that an excuse, especially with the top clubs where your your roster is so thick with talent. But, uh, I mean, there's only so many dudes who are producing for Tottenham right now when they're not in form. And when they're not producing, then it doesn't look good. And that's where we're at right now. But the good, the saving grace is some of the younger players have looked good. Like Brian Hills looked good. Uh, he was great today, yeah. And I I, I really liked uh, Papa Matasar. Uh, he came on as a substitute for Oliver Skip, who I didn't think Oliver Skip looked that good, even though I've liked him in the year past. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saar looked really good. I think he'll be our holding midfielder moving forward. Um, and I, I can't remember. I think he's uh, from Senegal, I want to say. And he actually played in the World Cup. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just not enough creativity. We need a central attacking midfielder, a creative midfielder. We need center backs, and we need especially a left-footed center back would be great. And then we need just wing backs, especially a right-sided wing back that can use both feet. I know that's like a wish list that requires <laughs> at least forty to fifty million per player, but that's what I'm that's what I'm wanting. So, yeah, and and we'll get into transfer talk later, but that is something that um, that I feel like I'm starting to notice, and it could just be World Cup hangover where clubs are demanding an insane amount of money for players right now. And maybe that's just the future and that's just, you know, there's been some signings that are that are high profile that have gone for such an absurd amount of money that even, you know, just your your not average player, but you know, just slightly above average player is gonna go for more than fifty mil. Yeah. But um I mean some of these price tags are insane and, and we'll get it's, into that. It's like baseball. Like yeah. A- a uh, player that's worth 150 million in baseball is going for 220, and that's exactly what it's like in the prem. Where, the, I mean, a, a traditional player goes for 10 to 40 million, you know. And yeah. then if you're over 40 million, you're in that 40 to 70, then 70 to 100, then 100 to 150, then 150 plus. That's yeah. kind of like the bracket. I just literally made that tiered system right now. I'm coining that. Uh, that is mine. Um, we'll hit Fabrizio with that later. You should definitely. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of players that Tottenham need in that 20 to 20 to 40 or 20 to 50 range. And yeah. they're the teams are asking for, you know, 40 to 60 for those players, like uh, 10 million more than what they're worth. And they did sign another, uh, another player who's in that 20 to 40 bracket who similar to Jed Spence, I haven't seen a lot of who is Eves Busuma. Uh, yeah, he honestly, he hasn't really impressed me. He played, he was, he didn't play today because of a multiple, he had five yellow cards. He got a yellow card in the last game, but his, his touch just hasn't looked very good to me this season. And that's feel like he hasn't had time to settle in though. Like that's a lot of him. No, he hasn't played at all. Like that's, that's the thing. Like, and I think someone like him where he literally got every single Brighton minute known to man, like that guy, that guy thrived on it. He's proven in the prem and I'm, I'm really shocked and, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't realize he was out on yellows. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a guy who I would have expected to see in the starting lineup over Skip today. Uh, yeah, exactly. But that makes sense. And yeah. he definitely would have been. But I think moving forward, I don't know if Skip. Skip might be the odd man out. And I think it's going to be Hoybier, Bentecourt, and then you'll have 
ease Basumo, and then you also have uh, Saw so, coming in. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of proven on a brace, Harry Kane, 13 <sighs> goals on the season. That second goal was special. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I had flashbacks because I had a goal very similar to that last Toby, night. Be real with last us. last night in indoor. Swear Behave. to God, swear to God, came in on it, got it on the front front foot, thought about volleying it, settled it, and then just popped it right past the goalie. Which the goalie actually had gloves on. He was a legit goalie. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've matured so much because the Toby I know would have taken that bitch off the volley and rocketed that. I, I wanted to. And everyone was like, you didn't hit that on the volley? I'm like, I thought about it. You're like, I've grown. It's 2023. This is 2023, Toby. It's set set up. Yeah, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to get subbed off and just smoke a hookah. (laughs) Just smoke a hookah nonstop. My goal. I love it. But, Keegs, before switching over to Liverpool, I think I, I feel good about this game. I really do. I think it's a turning point. Tottenham realizes they have to press higher. The defense has to get higher up. We need a higher line to allow the midfield more freedom to move up and down the pitch because we, in essence, don't have a creative midfielder at the moment. So the two or three that are in there, sitting in there, they need to be higher up to be able to press, get turnovers, and then break with the with the uh, forwards and then Harry Kane. And, I, I mean, at times during this second half or during first uh the first half and the second half, Harry Kane was dropping and literally receiving the ball from the center back's feet. Like he was coming that far back, which, which he, he may just have to do. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I, that's the only way they can click, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, granted he turns it over more than he used to, but I think, yeah, I still think that's the best way to do it. Sonny got a goal. That's he huge. needed that. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, and the young talent looked good. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, I was feeling like I was going to shit on you more so than than what I did. Um, but actually, Liverpool actually hasn't looked that bad. It was just this one little blip. So I disagree and think that they've looked pretty, uh, pretty bad, Toby. Um, so so we had Villa. They Villa, looked, good performance. Okay, so we had that, the own goals for Leicester against Leicester. Bailout, yep. And then 3-1 against Brentford, which... I mean that was that was a Brentford masterclass. Yeah, that was Brentford being Brentford, and they did it without uh, Ivan Tony as well, which made it hurt even worse. Um, Van Dyke went out with an injury. Sounds like he'll be out for maybe four or five weeks. Um, obviously, that's huge. It's going to be Konate and Matip in the back. Um, <laughs> you're, you're scared just saying that, aren't which you? Which is no, no. I I trust those two for the most part, but I mean Van Dyke's just such a presence back there, and his leadership is huge. Captain, right? Um, yeah. Well, with Hendo out, yeah, he he is, and and that's the thing. Um, I have really, really been critical of Henderson the first half of the season. He did not look good. He looks he looked slow. He doesn't play the ball forward very often. Um, and I feel like the World Cup completely rejuvenated him. We saw him play really well for England. And he came back, played really well for against Villa, um, looked solid against Leicester. And then he was out actually with a concussion against Brentford, um, which sucks because who knows how that will impede, you know, his momentum and, and, and everything following the world cup, because he, he felt like a totally refreshed player. Um, Tiago has looked pretty good in the midfield. Fabinho has shown moments. 
Um, I actually thought Fabinho had, had a few really good moments against Brentford. I thought Robertson played well. Um, other than that, just really disorganized in the back. And that's been, you know, there, there's so much I, to get to get into with this. And it's, you know, the, the team feels so much different than a few years ago where the defense doesn't seem as disciplined and organized. And it's like, you've still got the same four back there. It's still yeah. Trent, Matip, Van Dyke, and Robertson. They're still all good players. Like it's, it's not like they're washed up, but they just don't seem to have the same discipline and organization that they had. And the midfield isn't quite as industrious. I think we missed Jeannie when you them, I, I knew that we would miss Jeannie when you them. And I think we've missed him more than anyone can really, you know, imagine or, or, or uh, express because he is that box to box, hardworking presence. And then up top, we're just not as clinical. I, I think we're missing Mane quite a bit. We're missing Jota quite a bit. Um, Darwin Nunez, I think, has done a phenomenal job creating chances and getting into dangerous positions. But he's creating five, six chances a match, and we're lucky if he finishes one every three matches. Uh, thir- um, 13 games, five goals, two assists. He's actually third on the team uh, with Bobby same amount of games, seven goals, three assists, and then Mosa lost 17, which is the entire season, seven goals, five assists. So he's two back of the team lead in goals and three back in assists. So he's actually producing, but I, I think you're just thinking it's not as clinical, and if he was producing at a higher level, he would be not at early in Halan level, but maybe at a I don't know, Harry Kane level, like maybe 10-plus and 5-plus assists. And, and some of those came in a run of like four or five matches. Um, I mean, that's, that's goal scoring though. Like those that is goal hot. scoring. That is goal scoring. Um, but some of these are, are like, they're not just chances. Like they're, they're huge chances. And yeah. I think if it, you know, again, he's, he's having five or six chances at Matt, like a, a crazy amount. And if he just puts one in a match, I mean that's that's a huge difference he, for us. So. He's he's got Klopp's back or Klopp's got his back though, right? Because I mean, I feel I like think he's he starting. Should. He's starting I, every match, isn't he? Yeah, it, and I think he should too. Again, he's creating chances. It's going to take time for him to adjust, um, and it, obviously, it has taken time for him to adjust. But um, you know, it, it still is frustrating because we're not we're not getting goals right now, and you know, Salah's not scoring either. Obviously. Um, you know, Ox was playing left wing the other day. He ended up actually grabbing a goal against Brentford, but it's just, you know, we've, we've, again, we've got players out, which like you mentioned with, with a roster that's we've added depth to, you can't blame that completely, but yeah. Um, you know, when you're missing guys like Luis Diaz, Jota, um, Bobby's being linked to, you know, Atletico Madrid and other places, Darwin, obviously not finishing. I, w- I would love to see that by the way. I, th- I would like to see Bobby go somewhere else and just not have to play in like a physical as, as physical of a league and just be more finesse. Just sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Just sauce. I wouldn't mind that. Um, um, I'd miss him dearly, but I wouldn't mind that. So you were talking about the guys that you've been missing, which are all pretty much goal scorers. And I mean, at the end of the day, you want to score goals. So that's, you know, the best teams can get away with their defensive prowls or lack of or their lack of efficiency um based on scoring goals but 
Liverpool, as of right now, has conceded 22 goals this season in the Premier League, which is equal to what they had total when they won the Premier League. So that's what you were saying earlier about it's the exact same back four. Like, that is a substantial drop. And, like, I mean, I don't know if there's tactics. You were talking about a couple things. Um, Is there, like... A midfielder like what are you missing that would fix that so yeah this is something i wanted to talk about too i i think just a lack of organization in the back um and that could stem from several things i think part of it is missing those box-to-box workhorse midfielders i think tiago does a great job defensively i think that's something that's super underrated about his game actually is his timing of tackles did, did he get brought in to be a everyday starter for liverpool though I think he did, despite his age. I think he did, and I think he's done a good job. I think he's been a bright spot for us. It's, you know, as long as he stays healthy. Um, Harvey's more attacking, and uh, Fabinho, I I think, kind of gets drawn up sometimes into the attack, whereas previously, you know, in the glory years, which I I say that like it was a decade ago, but um, he was truly a a deep-lying, just sit back and defend. Hmm. he still is by nature, but I feel like he gets drawn up a little bit more often than, than he used to. And maybe that's part of it as well. But I, I really think a huge part of what we're missing is a genie when type player, which is why I would love to see a sign. Uh, you know, obviously we've been linked with Jude and Enzo and all these sexy <laughs> I would names. like the number one midfielder. Well, in the world. no, that's not even what I was going to say. Like we've been linked to all these sexy names, but it's like, we've, we've shown that we're not even going to sh- like we needed a midfielder and we went out and signed fucking Arthur from Juventus who went to Juventus and didn't play a fucking second. Like that's the move that we made. So obviously we're not going to sign Jude. And if we do, it's going to be in the summer. Enzo right now is being linked to Chelsea for like 130 mil while they're also talking about Mudrik from Shakhtar, which like they're just throwing money around just, just to do it at this point. It's actually sickening. Chelsea's dumb. Yeah, it's, I, it's ridiculous. I, I love that business plan. I really do. Yeah, I like they really just swoop in just to spoil everyone else's party. They're like, we don't care if we have people in the reserves that are worth 50 mil. We'll do it just to do it. But, well, but what, you, what, you could do that when you have the balls in 10th place. So, <laughs> <laughs> But what I would say is, obviously, I would love to get Jude. Um I would like to get Enzo, but, you know, obviously if we get either of them, it's only going to be one. But I think we go. At, we should be going fully after Moises Caicedo from Brighton, 21-year-old Ecuadorian, workhorse, box-to-box, solid on the ball. Um, like, that is the Genie Wijnaldum replacement. And what it boils down to, the main point I want to make is like Klopp's playing style is exciting as it was from 2018 to last year. It's just not sustainable. So if either he's going to have to change his style, which I don't expect to happen, I'm fine if he doesn't, or we're just going to have to accept the fact that we're going to have to go out and get a new crop of midfielders every three or four years. And that's just going to have to happen. Like, if we're going to run a player like Wijnaldum into the ground or Caicedo into the ground, they're not going to last much longer than, you know, if, if we pick up Caicedo at 21, he's going to be worn down by the age of 26. And then maybe he can be the Henderson that 
comes off the bench and is, you know, a spark plug for us from the, the 65th to the 90th. But I think we have to realize that this is just not like a sustainable style of play to have one crop of midfielders last seven or eight years. And we're just going to have to commit to signing midfielders. And that's something that we haven't done. We just haven't thrown the money out there. And, and we're in an awkward place where we've seen Stefan uh, Basetic come in, scored a goal against Villa, has looked good. Harvey Elliott has a ton of talent, but he's picking up knocks all the time. Curtis Jones shows flashes of potential. But these are 18, 19, and 21-year-old kids who just aren't ready to be the guy for a club as big as Liverpool right now. So it's like we need to go out and sign these people who are bona fide Premier League midfielders right now, and then we can allow those kids to be like the next generation. And it's it's just a weird place to be in, especially after being at the height of European football for the last three and a half years. Are we Europa bound, both you and I? Here, here's where we're at, Keegs. You guys right now are in fifth. Yeah. Five points above us with a match in hand. We're in sixth. Same level of points with Fulham, who are in seventh. Brighton. God bless Fulham, by the way. Yeah, God bless here. them and Brighton and yeah. Brentford, despite the fact that I'm I'm a little frustrated with them. No, Brentford. Uh, Brentford's draws and wins the last five. Yeah, they're, yeah that's, they're that's seven, eight, and nine is Fulham, Brighton, and Brentford. Um, and I think that that's tough competition. I think Bright, Brighton can stick around. I think Fulham, they just have to hope that they stay healthy. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, lately United have been on a phenomenal run. This actually transitions well into what I wanted to kind of touch on. Um, yeah. So top four right now. European spots for for Champions League. Arsenal, 44 points in first place. City, a match behind them with 36. Newcastle, actually, a a match ahead of Arsenal, two matches ahead of City uh, with 21, or with 35, excuse me. And then United, even with them, um, with a match in hand on them at 35. And United have looked phenomenal since the break. Casemiro has been lights out. Rashford is in the form of his life. And I, I'm so happy for that. Get rid of Ronaldo at this point, and let's just let Rashford be the talisman of the team, and I think he's going to take it. I really let do. cook, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what are we, since the World Cup, three goals and an assist for him? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't checked Harry Kane's stats. I'm pretty sure it's three goals. I don't know how many assists. But uh, besides him and Erling Haaland, who plays Chelsea tomorrow, uh, there's no one else hotter out of the World Cup break in the Premier League. You know who I'll throw out there? Hmm. Two players, uh, actually. Uh, don't even say Almiron. Uh, what's his name from Newcastle? Don't even say it. No, Almiron. No, no, <laughs> Almiron. No. Yeah. Um, and again, all of this is 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 uh, progressing pretty well to to some points I wanted to touch on. Um, Wow, right it's now. like we've been doing this for yeah, like yeah, it's almost like things are starting to get seamless here. Like, right. You know, we got we got beanies, guys. If you want beanies, <laughs> we got them. Like hit us up on Instagram, wherever. So there are yeah, there are thinking caps. Um, so the two players we mentioned Fulham in seventh, Brighton in eighth. Karu Mitoma from Brighton, who looked really good before the break. Um he's 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 been on five for me, Rashford, him, 
and uh, Alexander Mitrovich since the break have been probably the three best attacking players. I, I'll throw your boy Kane in there as well. I'll throw him a bone. Shout out Kane. But um, yeah, Mitoma had the first goal in the 4-1 thrashing of Everton today. Scored once in their 4-2 loss. Wait, to Arsenal last week. Everton lost today or yesterday? Oh, they lost? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, they went back to being Everton. Yeah, 4-1 thrashing from Brighton. Um oh, and then he he scored prayers in prayers up four- to the boys. Prayers <laughs> up. He scored in their 4-2 loss to Arsenal last week. So Brighton they've got nine goals in their last three matches. Um two wins and then the loss to Arsenal. All right, Keys, we can't three. we can't just keep being all over Brighton's balls right now. Like I will I stay on their balls. To. I'll stay on uh, their balls. Who they're is, gonna keep scoring goals. I'll stay who, on their balls. Who is clicking even without Jesus? The Jesus, Gabrielle, Arsenal. Mm. They're clicking right now. Uh, they even shit their pants over VAR decisions against Newcastle. That I didn't watch the game. Uh, saw the extended highlights. Uh, Arsenal looks really good. They are really good. Dude, are they are they the title favorites or is it City? Because that's Erling Haaland plays Chelsea tomorrow. They play Chelsea back-to-back, actually. They play Chelsea tomorrow in the Premier League. Then they play Chelsea in the FA Cup as well um, over the weekend. But Erling Haaland has three goals, I think 21 on the season. Uh, first place in the Premier League, 13th is se- – or second place is 13 goals. My boy, Harry Kane. Um, title favorites, Arsenal, or what? I Yeah, I think so. A lot point. of points. I think so at this point. They're, um, they're eight up on City. City do have or Arsenal do have a game in hand, so with a a win tomorrow against Chelsea, they could narrow that to five points. But I just don't. I mean, unless something drastically changes, I I just don't see Arsenal dropping that many points. I I think we've seen for the last year and a half or two Arteta building this, and it's really come to fruition. Yeah, they so what. I hate, I mean, I hate Arsenal, but what I like about Arsenal is that they got the manager that they wanted, you know, what was it, three years ago, four years ago? I can't remember when Arteta came in from City. But uh, when he came in, they were just building and they were okay just being mediocre for a year or two. Yeah, they and, stuck with him. And they just continually added guys. I, I think the linchpin of this entire damn situation, which will go down in Arsenal history, is like they're – their god is Odegaard. I think having him come over on loan and then signing him fully from, I forget, Barcelona, Real Madrid, wherever he came from. Real, yeah. Real. And for that to happen and him just, he's a top, he's a top performer in the Prem. Like yeah. he's a, yeah. like he's at the, at the end of the season, top 11, he's A or B on that list of his position. And so, they they did get lucky with him and because I mean who would have saw that you you wouldn't have you know who would have saw the Norwegian being that good of a midfielder like you just kind of crazy but they've done so well with all their signings like their front is so good their defense is really good good goaltending young up and coming one of the best English goaltenders like good so they they've done a lot of good signings and they spend the money. They're not afraid to spend the money. Like they have the money, they spend it. Whereas I feel like Tottenham, 
Tottenham especially, but I feel like even Liverpool to a certain degree, it's kind of like pulling teeth to get certain players. You know, Liverpool and City just kind of, if they want a player, X amount, have it or take it, it's gone. You know, and they'll usually they get what they want, but they don't ever nickel and dime. And I feel like Liverpool just, they're willing to back their manager. And that's very refreshing, especially from a, a club like mine where I feel like every manager is always asking to be backed and given players that they want or players that fit their system and they never have it. So, yeah, um, we bitch a lot because we've been wanting a midfielder for three or four years and we haven't got one, but yeah, I mean, Tottenham is, is exhibit a for that. Uh, you know, you've been through a, a series of managers requesting, you know, big signings. Yeah. And it, uh, it just doesn't seem to happen. Tottenham honestly might have the best, the best place to play a football game in the world. Like, you know, maybe not the historical aspect of it, but state of the art, like they have a multi-billion dollar facility. Like it's yeah. crazy and they don't do anything with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to, so we kind of touched on a lot of the premier league stuff outside of our two clubs that I want to touch on. You mentioned golden boot Island, 21 goals in 15 matches, Kane 13 and 17. Um, Ivan Tony, 12 goals and 16. And bet on Mitrovic, that. Yeah. Mitrovic, 11 in 15. So that's, that's the top four there. Um, any other premier league notes before I, I throw out a couple quick, just Serie A notes? No, nothing really. Honestly, Rashford do that guy's been on a heater in my opinion, different finishes, yeah. sharp, classy. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Um, well, Serie A kicked back off today. Um, in, a, in a big way. Yeah, in a big way. Um, AC Milan versus uh, Salernitana. Uh, Rafael Leao scored in the 10th minute. Tonali, my boy, scored in the 15th, and they led 2-0 for most of the match. Um, Salernitana came back and scored one in the 83rd, but um, AC Milan controlled most of that match. Sampdoria beat Sassuolo 2-1, a little bit of a surprise there. Um, Atalanta and Spezia drew 2-2, which is a bit of a surprise as well. And then Roma beat Bologna. Um, our boy Tammy Abraham with a goal line clearance with his head. Love to see a number nine getting back there and defending. Um, they walk away with three points. And then uh, the match of the day was definitely Inter versus Napoli. Inter actually handed Napoli their first defeat in Serie A this season, which is wild. Um, their, their first defeat in, like, months, I want to say. Like, yeah, they, yeah. in all all competition, yeah. Yeah. Um, they beat them 1-0. Edin Dzeko goal. So, Napoli actually dominated possession really the entire match. It was, like, 63-37 to um, 37 or something like that percentage-wise. But they had a really good piece of play on the counter. Mkhitaryan found DeMarco, um, big switch of play, put it on his foot. DeMarco sent a cross into the box, and Jekko just headed it in from, you know, five yards out. Unstoppable. Um, huge win for Inter. Right now, the table as it stands, Napoli still in, in first with 41 points. AC Milan behind them with 36. Juve with a, a last-minute win over Cremonese. Uh, one nil today. They sit in third with 34 points and then enter in fourth with 33. So 
a uh, huge win for Inter. With Inter, huge win. Uh, they're in fourth, you said, and climbing. Uh, I watched a good portion of that game. Uh, in your opinion, did you think Lukaku looked healthy and did he look fit? Because, uh, I mean, that's that. I think he's going to be a viable piece moving forward for them. Yeah, that's a big thing with Inter right now, too, is Dzeko, Lautaro, Martinez, and Lukaku are all healthy right now, which is that's the first time this had has happened and you, you say that that sounds sexy as hell hearing those yeah. three guys like yeah. yeah yeah especially you know before Lukaku made the move to Chelsea and then ultimately back to Inter um him and Martinez had a great combination up top is the one too so um yeah Lukaku I mean he he didn't do a ton but again that's I don't know when you're playing against a team like Napoli, like they drop back at times and, and they were pretty defensive. A lot of their midfielders were, were going over to help out, um, you know, on the right side to help out with Kavara. Um, so which I, they I, just I think, fouled him the entire time. Yeah. They just hacked the shit out of him. But I, I think this is a tough match to kind of base an opinion on Lukaku around first match back. You know, he, he didn't jump off the screen for me, but that doesn't completely surprise me, especially in a match where Napoli had 63 to 65% of, of possession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an attacker isn't, isn't especially a, a holdup striker. Isn't really going to jump off the screen typically. So, yeah. Um, I wasn't totally surprised by that, but I mean, he played majority of the match. So I, I think that's a good sign moving forward. Lotaro came on and, and I thought was solid for the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was that he was on. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought Nicolo Barella he, was phenomenal as, as he typically is. Yeah. Uh, you said Juve, Juventus got a 1-0 uh, victory. Uh, that's five in a row for them. Uh, do you expect them to be selling or what do you expect moving forward in the January window? Because there's a lot of their players like Rabio, McKenney, a lot of their midfield and forwards are being linked to other teams. I didn't know. Yeah, Vlahovic as well. Um, and just with the state of the club, with, with you know, I haven't followed all that drama quite as close as, as maybe I should. And a lot of those details haven't really been <laughs> clearly released. Clearly you work the entire day. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if they'll want to sell. I don't know if they'll have the intention to sell, but I think yeah. a lot of players probably will realize the situation and maybe want to get out of there. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Ob- yeah. Obviously, that'll play into it as well. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I would I would hate to see the entire team leave and then Federico Chiesa is just like left there, kind of dangling. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know what the future has in store for Juventus because I, I don't think that they've looked good this year, but still they're in mm-hmm. third place, two points behind AC Milan with you know five wins in their last five matches. So who knows? With the rumors in hand, Keegs, you being in Milwaukee, me being in central Illinois, how far are you willing to travel if the rumors are true where Olivier Giroud is being linked to multiple MLS teams for next season? How far are you willing to travel if those rumors are true? I knew that's where this was going. Are Uh, are we talking Chicago, Minneapolis, both of them? St. Louis are are pretty close for me. Also, you live in St. Louis, so 
completely fine going down there. My sister's yeah. still there. Yeah. Um, I've heard links to Nashville, which I think would be potentially the best place for him to land because that is just bachelorette heaven. Yeah. Oh and my God. He would, they're going to bring in crowds of bachelorette. <laughs> goes. So. Can, you, can you imagine the, Oh my God. Like, and then he would just talk and they'd be like, what's he even saying? Like he, <laughs> he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even want it. He knows fluent English. Doesn't speak a single lick of it. He just speaks French <laughs> all the time. Mon chéri. <laughs> <laughs> they got instead of that, you know that thing in Nashville where like you'll see people pose for photos and it's like the angel wings on a brick wall. Instead yeah. of that, it'll just be outside of Nashville Stadium. It's like take a bachelorette parties, take a picture with Olivier Giroux. Just oh, I was gonna say a giant beard of Olivier Giroux. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Olivier, he's going around being like, I want macaroons. Like, oh, we have macarons, bro. Like, <laughs> you gotta you gotta figure this out yourself. You lost, boy. <laughs> Uh, another Whoa. thing, actually, some MLS transfer news. Uh, Matus Klik, uh, Leeds midfielder, workhorse, um, Polish player, leaving Leeds and joining DC United. I think that's a great signing for the MLS. He is a player who has great quality, ton of tenacity and passion, like a true, you know, Leeds midfielder, box to box, leave it all out there, but also has that, you know, that that quality and that higher level iq um mm-hmm. and a lot of solid premier league experience and um and a lot of efl experience as well so i think that that is a really good signing for the mls yeah. i think that'll translate really well and uh, help guide some of those younger players aging a little bit he's in his 30s and yeah. uh, awesome uh sleep tattoos that's great sleep think, tattoos so. yeah no uh all, all polish all polish dudes no so. no man bun with the fade on the side which we've grown accustomed <laughs> that's to why leads are getting fun. rid of him <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's yeah yeah that's why he's out of there but um, not not his defensive prowls <laughs> overall, his man bun. overall i think a, a big signing for the mls so um good on dc united uh other than that really that's all i've got toby um Keeks, is there Besides, any FA FA Cups this week? No Premier League. Is there any FA Cups that you like on the weekend? Real FA quick. Cup. Um, you you know, to... obviously City Chelsea. Um, so City Chelsea is Sunday, and they play tomorrow in the Prem right. on Thursday, but then they play Sunday as well in the FA Cup. So yes. Yeah. Um, Brentford West Ham. I think. Will be a good one. That's that's Saturday. Yeah. Are um, you are you pissed being a Premier League team game paired against another Premier League team? Are you upset about that? You're just like take it. it, take it and go. I love that. We've got Wolves. Um, another player that we're actually kind of targeting in the midfield is uh, um, Matteo or or Matu. I'm, I'm I'm not exactly even. Well, sure I think it's Matteo. Matteo uh, Nunes. Um, from Wolves, solid midfielder, 24-year-old. So I'll be interested to tune into that and, and, and you know, see how he looks. But, I, I mean, I've seen some footage and obviously have watched a decent amount of, of Wolves over the years. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Still want Caicedo. But Crystal Palace, Southampton, I think, you know, all of the all of the Premier League matches stand out to me. Bournemouth, Burnley, two teams who are kind of back and forth between the EFL and the Premier League, I think yeah. that could be a really good match as well. Um, other than that, though, Tottenham-Portsmouth, 
you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Tottenham get bounced by uh, you by know, a fifth, by fifth or sixth year, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then actually, Wrexham, I believe, is playing Saturday. Uh, I think, yeah, Coventry, yeah. So uh, I have I haven't watched a ton of that whole thing, but you know, um, Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Ryan Ryan Reynolds obviously have bought this club in Wales and, and um, are trying to, you know, kind of turn things around for them. So, yeah. And I don't think they're very good from what I've read and from what I've seen. Uh, but yes, that, that should be entertaining. I hope it is. I hope they do get good because I would like to see some Welsh teams and some Scottish teams, like get some, get some entertainment, you know, and get some uh, pizzazz and some extra funding because a lot of those teams don't have any like, outside investors really giving them money you know so it's kind of just a person that's rich and that's their hobby you know so i would like that as well um saturday i have a few uh you said brentford west ham uh chesterfield which is a fifth tier um they are the number they're one of the top teams that are semi-pro for so fifth tier is considered the semi-pro tier of english football um, and they are usually at the top or right near the top of it. So semi-pro dudes that are really good for whatever reason, they're not playing above that or they're working another job, kids, whatever. So the beauty just, of the FA Cup. Yeah. And they're playing against West Brom Albion. And that is our boy, Daryl DK, who is on, I would say, heater, even though he's only had like one goal in the last four games. But he is back healthy from injury. And uh, this season in the championship, he has two goals and an assist. And I expect his stock to just keep rising, just keep rising. Like, use that big-ass body, score goals, dude. So that's one. And then Sunday, City-Chelsea is definitely capping it, like you said, Keegs. But uh, I like the Cardiff City-Leeds game. Leeds-Cardiff City. Cardiff City's in the championship. I think this year they're in the middle to lower the pack. Um you might have to fact check me on that, but uh, they're always a pretty good team, uh, a Welsh team. And so they're going to be playing Leeds and Leeds just, you know, what, four or five years ago was in the championship playing them on a regular basis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, FA Cup finals, always just pure magic. Um, it's it's the best always- tournament in the world. Best. Yeah, I mean, it's I, amazing to see, you know, Blackburn Rovers, Blackpool, some of these clubs that are in lower levels right now that don't really get the shine, but have been around, you know, some of the earliest Blackburn Rovers, so, one of the, one of the first like, clubs established. You know? That sounds like a general that would be with Ned Stark, right alongside <laughs> Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Blackburn Rovers is here. Exactly. So, yeah, um, magical tournament. One of the best cups there is. Um, so definitely looking forward to a weekend full of that. Other than any, that, Toby, yeah, do you have I – was, I was just going to ask, do you have any boosters or belters? Uh, boo, my boo is a sarcastic boo, and that is for the VAR shafting Arsenal, like OMG. That's it. <laughs> You're so filled with hate. Uh, <laughs> Always. My boo is actually – so I was watching at work today, Napoli Inter, and – I'm watching on CBS. We have like I think direct TV. Oh my god, it. yes. No, and it went to like CBS full. cuts from the match in, in like not even at halftime. I originally thought it was just halftime and I was like looking at a commercial. 
But I then I pulled up on Paramount, and the first half is still going on. And they cut to a fucking strongman competition in the middle of the match. Just a bunch of Georgians, and we're not talking Kavanashelli either. We're talking... Yeah, we're talking Southern strength. Big man. Um, and I was... I almost fell out of my seat, Toby. I... <laughs> And uh, Matteo Bonetti, God Mama bless, mia. God bless Matteo <laughs> Bonetti, love him. Um, he's commentating the match. He hops on a Twitter at halftime. He's like, you know, inter transitioning to a more defensive position. No, he didn't. And and I was like, yeah, I was watching, and while Inter was uh, transitioning into a more defensive position, CBS transitioned to the strongman competition. What's going on over there, Matteo? And he responded to me, and he was like, "Just trying to get more people on Paramount Plus." And I was like, "At least <laughs> honest, man. At least for, being for honest. the brown." Yeah, the I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is happening right now?" Um, so I, I did Ig- uh, ignorant as a shit. sheep. As a sheep, I, I did pull up Paramount Plus and stream the rest of the match on my phone. Yeah, um, no, that you shouldn't have to do that, dude. Just you like shouldn't. you really shouldn't. Just like all Champions League games should be available if you have the CBS network yeah or all the cbs networks yeah no yeah, that yeah really frustrating wait was that your boo that was that your was boo? boo i didn't know because it was a subtle cheer in there too that you had like one yeah shout out my boy mateo yeah um yeah. he's great but yeah I, I was like i appreciate you being real with me man but i responded to him in italian i said capisco ma non mi piace i understand but i don't like it <laughs> yeah okay um, like that yeah, that was that was not cool. Um, what about you? Uh, any belters? Uh, I have a no belter because I didn't really see any belters this week. But I there do have many. a yeah. I do have a cheer, um, and that is just for very simple, very simply, uh, Pele, and just like dude was a yeah. dude was yeah dude was the guy. He was the goat, uh, and to make it even more. When when the guys that we consider goats are talking about the goat, then you know you're the goat. Like yeah. that's kind of how it went. Mbappe and pretty much everyone talked about him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um his on the field legacy was amazing and his off the field legacy was just as much just yeah. as big. Yeah, which is really a, a sign of, of somebody special. Um yeah. bigger than football. I don't have a cheer. I'll I'll cheers to Pele. Yeah, piggyback. Um, and then I do have a belter, though. It's actually not from this week. Like you said, no real belters this week. But um, last week, Damari Gray for Everton, absolute cracker against City last week for uh, for the draw. We've seen him do it a couple times where he cuts in from that left side onto his right foot and just buries a curler, top bins. He kind of hesitated, pulled the ball back fainted like he was going to play the overlapping run and then just cut in buried one skim the post um and he's i mean he's just a great player i mean i always want to say great young player because i still picture him in a lester jersey sometimes but i mean he's he's 26 25 26 now but he he has that quality great pace great ball control and can belt in a shot like that and he comes up in big moments like this so um yeah, great goal. Love Damari Gray. Yeah, I didn't know we were able to go back 10, 
10 days or I would have maybe, <laughs> maybe would have shout out Tim Ream. I don't know. Yeah, like, whatever. All right. Shout him out. Shout him out. Shout him out. Put him on. Dude, dude. Man's 30, 33, 34. I don't know what he is. He's old uh, from St. Louis. Just playing, dude, literally the season of his life. Like he's, he's from the Lou and he's proud, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, are you are we not proud for that? Like, we have to be proud for that, don't yeah, we? I love it. Okay, love guy's it. got a man bun. Grew it out. Like, let's go. <laughs> he thought he was joining Leeds. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, that's all I got, Tobes. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Very much so. Uh, Going to be in Miami this week. Wow, uh, flex keys. Yeah, flex, flex, flex. Um, so yeah, I'll be back next week, uh, nice and tan. So here we are. Beautiful. All right. By that, you mean red. Cheers. Uh.